the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. On this Easter Sunday, Philippians 2, and God has given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth, and every tongue that exists, be a demon, angel, or saint, shall call him Lord. God has given a name which is above every name. There were two times in Jesus' ministry on this earth when God just couldn't stand it any longer and He just had a huge smile on His face and it just came blurting out of His mouth. The first was when He was baptized. He didn't need to be baptized. He had no sin, but He was baptized to fulfill the law of righteousness. And when God saw His Son being willing to fulfill the law of righteousness, even though He didn't commit any sin, the pride from God was enormous. And out of His mouth slipped those words, This is My beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus stands there saying, all I did was be baptized. And God is up there saying, well, if you're willing to be baptized and fulfill the law of all righteousness, I have a strong feeling that three years from now, you're going to do something else to fulfill the law of all righteousness. I know what's going to happen, Jesus. And that is why I am saying to you, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. There is one other occasion. It's two and a half years into His ministry. Jesus has just said to the disciples, six months, you guys, going to Jerusalem, going to die on the cross. I'm going to be beaten and crucified. And by the time the disciples stopped arguing with Him, and by the time Jesus had put Satan in His place, All of a sudden, he's not sweating drops of blood, but he's got some stuff going on inside of him, and Satan is whispering to him, do you really want to do it? you got 10,000 people following you right now, and six months from now, you're going to have 100,000 people following you. Satan whispers to him, do you really want to do it? And Jesus climbs up the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John with him. And he is having a heavy discourse with God in his prayers. Heavy discourse. God, I want you to tell me right now, is this the plan of salvation? And he's already saying six months out, not my will, but thine be done. And God sends Moses and God sends Elijah. They've been dead for a long time. And Jesus listens to Moses and Elijah and his strength returns to him. And then God, when He sees the strength returning to Jesus, when He sees Jesus determined to go to Jerusalem, God just can't help it, I'm sorry. 
God says to his son, You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Twice God says, This is my beloved son. But as of yet, God has not given him a name which is above every name. Something has to happen for God to say, I'm going to give him a name that everyone bows down to, whether they're the demons in hell, the people living on this earth, or the saints in heaven. He's going to do something, and I'll give him a name which is above every name. I don't need to give you a spoiler alert. You know what he did. When we're young or not so young, we have an obsession that uh, everyone knows about us. Making a name for ourselves is exceedingly important. When we pass by a group of people, we want to hear them whispering about us. Not bad stuff, but we want to hear them whispering. Do you know how smart she is? Can you believe how handsome, how pretty they are? Do you realize that person standing right over there, five feet away from you, graduated number one from Harvard Law School? Do you realize that so-and-so got a scholarship to Notre Dame University? Do you realize that guy standing right over there? You know, he was a quarterback of, of the winning team there in the NFC Championship game. We want our name on people's lists. And sometimes we never outgrow that. When we're seven years of age, when we're 17, when we're in our 30s or 40s or 50s or 70s, We want our name on people's lips. And then you have Jesus. Then you have Jesus. He baffles us. He causes us to marvel. You have a surface reading of the gospel. And you see right away that he does not have this obsession of ours. It is downright astonishing how he was oblivious to fame and notoriety. He was oblivious to people proclaiming His greatness. He shied away from it. Early days of His ministry, when He was making such an impact on people, the wisdom of His words, the power of His preaching, miracles He did. Early part of His ministry, He allows people to say, you know, this is Jesus, look what He's done. But when the crowds begun to be five or 10,000 people and the scribes and the Pharisees are watching everything he does, all of a sudden, latter part of his ministry, when he does a miracle, he said, don't tell anybody. And when he heals the guy let down, don't tell anybody. And when he calms a storm at sea, he says to his disciples, don't tell anybody. There's an episode where he feeds the 10,000. Only one gospel writer tells us that when he fed 10,000 people with five loaves and two fish, the people wanted to force him to be their king. They wanted to take him by force and make him their king. And Jesus literally shuddered. The fame they wanted to place upon him, he literally shuddered. And he said, this shall not be, and he sends away the disciples Because they're caught up in the hoopla. And he dismisses the people as quickly as he can. He is oblivious to his fame. 
because he knows from day one that his kingdom is not on this earth. His kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom cannot be seen. If you and I realize to the bottommost part of our hearts that this life is not the end of the story, that the 27 or the 34 or the 48 or the 72 or the 104 years He gives us on this earth, this is not the end of the story. This is not our kingdom. Our kingdom is the kingdom He has won for us through His death and His resurrection. This world is not our final home. And if one were to have one's name on everyone's lips, it ought not to be how fast you are, how handsome you are, how smart you are, how well you play the violin or anything else. It ought to be this. Never met a kinder person. Never met a more joyful person. Never met a more patient person. Never met a gentler person. You know I'm giving you the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. What does He want from our lives? The tomb is empty. That power comes forth into our lives What does He want from us? The Beatitudes, start of His ministry, it's not just Jesus who's this way, it's what He teaches. The Beatitudes, does anyone have the version in their Bible where Jesus said, blessed are the powerful? Does anyone have the version of the Bible where Jesus says, blessed are the rich? Blessed are the pro-athletes? Anyone got that version of the Bible where he says, blessed are the first in line. Blessed are the top 5%. Blessed are those who strive and work ungodly hours to get ahead of everyone else. Does anyone have that version of the Bible? I'd like to look it over. The version I have says this. From the one who abstained from glory and fame... Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. They care so little about fame that they're not in competition with anybody. Not with their siblings, not with their fellow people at work, not with their neighbors. They're not in competition with anyone. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who seek after righteousness. Not after being the top 10%, not after a 34 in the ACT, not after I want to be a CEO within 10 years. Blessed are those who seek after righteousness. That's Jesus. Pastor Shower preached a sermon a couple of weeks ago, Luke 22. He's just given communion for Pete's sake. Jesus has just given communion. And he's told them, you know, one of you is going to betray me. And they're saying, who is it? Who is it? And, And quickly they forget that whole conversation because Luke 22 says they are arguing about who's going to be the greatest in his earthly kingdom. 
Peter, James, and John, well, obviously, obviously, you guys, you've got to vote for us. And if you don't, we're just going to push our way to the front. And Jesus is listening to these guys arguing. He's got his own death on his mind, but he's concerned about them. The same Jesus who will say from the cross, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. The same Jesus, when he's risen from the dead, he says, because I live, you guys shall live also. This Jesus getting ready to die, and he's trying to calm down his disciples. He says to them, whoever would be greatest among you must be servant of all, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's, that's, that's the guy you and I worship. That's the guy that you and I say we want to live for you. That's the guy. tells a couple of disciples, go and prepare the feast of the Passover for us. And a couple of them go. I'm sitting there thinking, did they say to him, do you want us to get a servant? You know, someone's got to wash our feet before we eat, part of the custom. Do you want us to see if we can round up a servant? And I can see the little smirk on Jesus' face. And he said, nah, I don't think we'll need a servant. They're sitting around the table. Here's the master, the Rabboni. Here's Jesus. The disciples know all about him. They've seen hundreds of his miracles. And when they see him, they're amazed. Here they are sitting around the table, and no one is getting up to wash anyone's feet. And no, they didn't hire a servant to do that. And Jesus got up, took off his outer clothing, put a towel around him, gets a basin of water, And he begins to wash their feet. The Son of God begins to wash their feet. And when he's through washing their feet, he says to them, he doesn't point a finger at himself and say, do you see what I just did? He doesn't say anything about himself. He says this, what you just saw me do, is what I want you to do. What you just saw me do, washing your feet, that's what I want you to do. A name above all names. And now I share with you at the end of the sermon the first part of Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus our Lord, who being being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he emptied himself and took on him the form of a servant. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And because of this, God has given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why did God give him a name above every name? Because he was baptized, 
because he decided to go to the cross, because he was sweating drops of blood the night before he dies. Why did God give him a name which is above every name? Because he did 780 miracles? Because he raised people from the dead? Because he multiplied loaves and fish? Why did God give him a name which is above every name? That cross and that empty tomb... When Jesus died on that cross, Colossians 2 says, God raised him from the dead. Jesus didn't raise himself. God raised him from the dead. And when he did that, he was saying, my goodness gracious, I cannot believe what my son just did. He died for mankind's sin. And at the same moment that he is raising Jesus from the dead... He is saying, I have given him a name which is above every name that shall ever exist. And the demons in hell and the people on this earth and the saints in heaven, they shall declare his glory, his praise, his power, his love, his wisdom. I hope people talk about you. Hope it isn't in the realm of gossip. Thank you very much. I hope people talk about you. And I hope when they do, they say exactly that. What a loving person he or she is. There's always joy in spite of the things that go on in their life. I can't believe this, this person always has joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. On this Easter, may God give you a name, His child, letting your light so shine before men that they may see your kindness and give glory not to you, but they'll give glory to God. Thank you for this person being in my life at this moment. Because of this person who died on that cross and was raised again. Keep us close to you, Lord. Never a circumstance ever in which we do not realize your presence, your peace, and your strength. In our risen Lord's name. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.